welcome. Merry Christmas. It's so glad to have you here today, and we're grateful that you found some time here on this amazing night we call Christmas Eve. And if this is your first time, we say a special welcome to you and I invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner and just let us know who you are. And if this is your spiritual home, we certainly are grateful you found time to join us on this amazing night. But as we gather here together online, I want to remind you as we celebrate Christmas during this Advent season, we have been uh, making awareness for Compassion International through our giving tree. And so we would invite you to click on the link here in the worship notes if you'd like to participate so we can bless others in a world far away, but who desperately need uh, your encouragement through your generosity. And so if you click on the link, you'll see there's a number of opportunities for you at various levels. And we would just invite you to be part of what we've done here in the building. We're so grateful that you found time. And as we lean into our time here, as we celebrate Christmas Eve, let's begin by lighting the Christ candle. God didn't speak to his people for 400 years. He was silent, nothing. It started around 430 BC when God's final words came from Malachi, which displayed both his kindness and his severity. Judgment is coming. But for those who believe, it says, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. That's pretty much it. 400 years, silence. So then what happened? Though the Jewish people had rebuilt the temple and restored the law, all was not well. They had wandered from God. His ways were far from their hearts and centuries of hardships were upon them. First, they fell to the Greeks and then to the Egyptians and then to the Syrians who persecuted them greatly. The temple was desecrated. Tens of thousands of God's people were slaughtered. All the while, silence. Where's God? On one hand, I would think that those years would drive God's people to study scripture, to seek God, to cling to his promises. Instead, God's people became deaf and blind, unable to fathom what was coming. I wonder if they yearned for the days when God wasn't silent, when he spoke through prophets, angels, dreams, and burning bushes. I wonder if they looked up to the sky and pleaded, God, deliver us. We'll respond the right way this time. Can't you see that we need you? Silence. Generations came and went. Hope for many was lost, but it was about to return in a most unexpected way. God was writing a new law while simultaneously fulfilling the old. Its ink would drip with love. Its pages would be filled with hope. You see, God had always been at work. The silence, which had been deafening for so long, was about to end with the sound of a heartbeat.
And as we begin our time, we are going to experience Christmas Eve a little bit different tonight. We're going to walk through some stories and we're going to sing some songs. They'll all be familiar, I believe. But with that, as we begin. The great 
things tell Oh, come to us, abide in us Our Lord Emmanuel Was the night before Christmas, no one seemed to care that Joseph, that Joseph and Mary even were there. They found an old stable, and Mary was glad. It seemed the best thing that the innkeeper had. Joyous strains prolong. 
but could glide some tidings be which inspire your every song Snow the 
say was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so that calls life from unexpected places. Barren lands will flourish with new creation. There's one who is searching for the pure in heart, waiting to find those who will trust. So what choice will you make? Because it may feel like choosing between life and death. Take her as your wife. Look closer. All he has ever offered us is life. Messiah. You see, God has come to the most unlikely people, urging them to follow, asking them to trust. The stories have been told for centuries. The wait is nearly over. Today, our Savior is born to bring light into dark places, to be the voice in the wilderness, to call you to come home, to bring joy to the world. God has chosen you and he does not make mistakes. God's timing is not our timing. His love is not our love. He's turned his love into flesh and blood and for that, we rejoice, Emmanuel. So don't wait, don't pack, don't plan, just go. There is a world lost and hungry. 
There is a world lonely and wandering, and he has called us to go and tell them. Go and tell them what God is doing. Go and tell them that God is coming. Go and tell them. God is here. Over these past four weeks of Advent, we have seen four different stories of God sending angels to visit people and to give them some news. Uh, let's take a look back through those just quickly to remind us of how the angels appeared. First, they came to see Zechariah. God wanted someone to let the people know his son was coming, and he chose John the Baptist. Sometimes God's plans are not so straightforward. Uh, he often takes a roundabout way to get his message out, because God sees the big picture. God's big picture plan is to give Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, and her husband, Zechariah, a son who will be named John. He will become John the Baptist. He will be the voice in the wilderness calling God's people to repentance and heralding the coming of the Son of God. We often think of the angel visiting Mary as the beginning of the Christmas story, but it was actually the angel that visited Zechariah, and that happened six months before. And yet no one puts out of Zechariah figuring, do they? You see, Zechariah and Elizabeth had been trying to have children for years, and now they were old and beyond hope of ever having them. Zechariah is called to offer incense and pray in the temple. He's living out the way God's created him and what he's supposed to do. He's serving the God he loves. And even though God had not provided him with children, he was faithful in his service and faithful in his prayers. There in the temple, Zechariah was in his quiet place. He was in prayer. And then he was called into a much longer quiet time. This summer, the Olympics were all over TV. And it doesn't matter what sport uh, is your favorite, swimming or running or fencing or cycling. There's a moment in each when you hear the buzzer that says, get ready. And then comes a second buzzer that means go. And I wonder how long the time span seems to those about to jump into the water or those that start to run or those that ride their bike. And I wonder how much goes through your head in those few seconds. With Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were asked to live in that moment, a nine-month-long pause from the get ready to the go. What thoughts ran through their heads, do you suppose? Then that fateful day comes when John the Baptist is born. God was preparing their lives, preparing their hearts for something wonderful. I find it interesting that Zachariah's call is about preparation, and yet the first thing God does is make him silent. Perhaps silence in this case is the preparation. If you have a problem with your computer or phone, the first thing the IT people are going to tell you is to shut it down, unplug it, or restart it. Let it rest for a few minutes and then boot it up again. It's amazing how often this fixes the problem. And you know what? The same holds true for us. Christmas time is the hardest time to be still. It's the hardest time to find silence. Maybe, just maybe in the midst of all the craziness, all the hustle and the bustle of the Christmas celebration, We need to take a moment just to unplug and to be silent, to prepare ourselves and to be ready for the miracle to come. Let's take a few moments right now to be silent. Let's follow the advice of the psalmist who says, be still and know that he is God. And then we come to Mary. There really is no way Mary had any idea what she was in for. Women are not taught in the temples, but Mary was a smart girl. She must have had brothers. Mary listened. 
Did she know the prophecy? Did mothers in that time tell their daughters, be a good girl and maybe God will choose you? If Mary knew, did Mary know this was the Messiah and that he would be the lamb to be sacrificed? What an amazing woman she was. If you're an organ donor and you get into an accident and someone needs a heart, it is someone's job to make sure the heart gets put into a cooler and taken to the hospital. Massive amounts of things have to happen right away. Someone has to make sure that the heart gets there. What an amazing job that would be. The Bible says we all need a spiritual heart transplant. Jesus was the one who would provide a way to take care of our broken hearts. Mary's job was to take care of Jesus from the inception, through childhood and through his adolescence until he was a grown man. Man, what a job that was. And what's interesting is when Mary is called, she doesn't hesitate. Even though she has no idea what this is all going to mean and what's going to happen, she simply says, I am the Lord's servant. In other words, here I am, Lord, send me. It's interesting to see here that the message wasn't, do this and I'll bless you. It was, you have been blessed, do this. What if we could look at every opportunity to serve God, to make a sacrifice for God as a confirmation that we have been blessed? Mary was called to provide. She was to provide for God in the flesh when he had made himself a helpless baby. She provided a place for him to grow. She provided transportation when he could not walk. She provided education when he could not talk. She provided loving arms that only a mother can provide. And then we come to Joseph. For Joseph, the call was an interruption. He had his life all planned out, and he was a carpenter. Measure twice, cut once. Joseph was a planner, and he knew the plan. Get married, have children, live a life that is honorable. He had found a godly woman to be his wife, and the plan was going just as, well, just as he planned. Have you ever noticed that the call that comes in at 7 a.m. is louder than the one in the middle of the afternoon? It's a hard ring, isn't it? partly because we're not ready for it. Someone got bad news and had to tell you and decided not to wake you up, so they wait until the first thing. You hear the ring and your first thought is, oh no. You see, Joseph's life, Joseph's life gets interrupted and his response is, oh no, what a great axiom. Life is what happens when you are busy making other plans. Joseph received a call to live a different life uh, than the one he had planned. This would not be the life of a quiet carpenter. This would be a life of protecting a woman who is highly favored by God and protecting the Son of God. That is a tall order. His is a calling to run from a crazy king and to accept gifts from strangers and to try to explain why your son is different from all the other boys. This was not part of his plan, but it was a part of God's plan all along. You see, when God calls us to change our plans, he's actually just asking us to join him in his plan. The call interrupts. He's called to protect. The call changes everything. And finally, we have the shepherds. I don't know about you, but I want the shepherds to have names. Somewhere along the way, someone came up with the names for the wise men, even though they aren't named in the scriptures. I want the shepherds to have names. Bert and Ernie, or maybe Andy and Barney, or Jake and Elwood, or maybe Chuck and Jim, or maybe Lee and Calvin. When the scriptures were written, people had no concept of a round earth and an infinite solar system riding on the outer spiral arm of a galaxy called the Milky Way. God was up, God came down to earth, Elijah was taken up to God. God was elsewhere. We were here and God was there, wherever there was. The call of Christmas that the shepherds experienced was not bringing God to us. Calling meant connecting with the God who was already here, waking up the presence that had already existed. Maybe a better term of the calling would be a pushing or the pulling. You see, God is with us and he's moving us forward. God is in front of us, bringing us to him. I love the image from the video of the shepherds running and the light chasing them. One is afraid, but the other is laughing. Isn't that the way we respond to a calling? We are either afraid or something sparks in us and we are filled with an overwhelming joy that God even thought of us. 
life and the opportunity to respond to God's calling in it is a roller coaster ride, right? The joy, the fear, the excitement, praise is expressing our respect and gratitude to someone or something. That is the natural response to being called to anything. Those shepherds heard heaven praise God on that fateful night. While they were called to go and tell, keep in mind that was not a call to change their vocation. More than likely, the shepherds went back to shepherding after they saw the baby and they shared it with others. The calling was a gift. Go see the baby, the angel said, but the gift was not a one-time thing. It was a life-changing event. Did it make their shepherding easier? Probably not, but they would never see anything the same way again, I'm sure. We know these stories. We've heard them again and again. Every year that kid with the blue blanket comes on TV and tells us the story. Unto you is born this day. The scripture says this day. The angel that came to the shepherds said, it's now. This is no longer about preparation. This is happening right now. You need to go. We would do well to contemplate how God is calling each of us this Christmas. Maybe he's calling you to get prepared. Maybe you need to learn to be silent. You need to spend so much time talking and texting and posting and proclaiming. Maybe as we experienced this last week of the year, you are being called to be quiet. Or maybe he's calling you to provide. Jesus, the grown man, not the baby, would say, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. Maybe this Christmas, God is calling you to start a life of giving rather than receiving. Could he be longing to hear from you, I am the Lord's servant, and then watching you follow through by providing food for the hungry, or clothes for the needy, or a home for the orphaned, or simply a cold cup of water to someone in his name? Or maybe he's calling you to protect. Look, let's be honest. God doesn't need you for anything, to be truthful. So if you're asking, what would he want me to protect, then you're missing the point. Maybe God wants you to help protect those who cannot protect themselves, to risk your livelihood for those who have no life. Maybe God's calling you to protect yourself from an elusive lifestyle or maybe a relationship. Maybe God's calling you to help protect his good name by being his hands and feet in a broken world. No matter what he may be calling you to protect, I'm pretty sure it will upset your plans. It will be an interruption. But the good news, he loves you enough, he believes in you enough to ask you to let go of your plans and to join him in his work. Maybe God is calling you to praise him, not just to sing another song, not just to attend church. Maybe he's calling you to really praise him by taking steps of faith that show your respect and your gratitude for him. Yes, calling is about interruption. Calling is about changing our lives in scary ways. But calling is always accompanied by joy and tears and passion and a sense of life that has a purpose. So, what is your purpose this Christmas? Better yet, what is your call this Christmas? And let's read this one together. "'Twas the night before Christmas when God sent to earth the world's greatest present. It was Jesus' birth. Wrapped in a blanket and sleeping on hay, God became man on that first Christmas day." Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round me on Sleep in the head.
today on this Christmas Eve. We pray God's richest blessing as you celebrate with your family uh, tonight and tomorrow. And we would invite you to share this message with uh, your friends. Link is here in the worship notes that they might be encouraged to know what God may be calling them to be a part of in this season. And so we remind you that you've been blessed to be a blessing. And so go forth and serve Christ in fresh and new ways in the days ahead. Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish.